Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Live from Indianapolis, this is continuing coverage of the 2022 NFL Combine on Steelers Nation Radio. Good morning, Steelers Nation, and welcome back once again inside the Indiana Convention Center. It's the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine live from Radio Row in Indianapolis. It's a Friday. It's the fourth day of our coverage here. Matt, we're with you up until noon when Dale Lolly. We'll hop in here. A reminder that our combine coverage is presented by First National Bank. Let's get started. Member FDIC. Treat here in just a moment to get you started. Uh, former Pittsburgh Steeler, former Super Bowl champion Ryan Clark yeah. is going to join us uh, momentarily here. He's finishing up uh, one TV hit right beside us, and then he's going to hop on. And I think this is pretty good timing, Matt, because uh, to have Ryan on after a, what was a big night last night over at Lucas Oil Stadium. Yeah, and I, I will clean right away. I'm a little behind on the numbers. I watched some of it live, but I really need to dig into them. Um, they looked exceptional, though, in terms of times and 40s and all that, and a lot of people's stock is changing, and this guy's flying up the draft board. They really aren't. It's just that the you know there's more buzz about them. The teams already knew a lot more than people give, you know, the media sure. gives them credit sure. for. The media gets exposed to new things. They get told things. But it certainly influences their stock. By no means am I saying it wouldn't. So, no, I mean, uh, not downplaying what we've done to this point, but it was a little bit of a calm before the storm, calm before the storm, right. you know. Right. I mean, there was a lot of excitement, a lot of buzz here. The player hadn't done anything till last night. So, now, you know, we got a lot of action coming forward you know, yeah, the rest of the way. We do. And like you said, we'll get into some of those numbers and some of those specifics as we roll along here. We are with you another six hours today up until 4 o'clock. Nobody covering your Pittsburgh Steelers in the Combine. We do on SNR. You'll hear the bench press in the background around us. There'll be energy here in the building today. And we've got a special treat for Steeler Nation right now. Former Steelers, Super Bowl champion, Ryan Clark, sitting down with us on Radio Row. What's up, RC? Man, you know what, man? We're just rolling around. You know, we're just trying to make things happen out here. Um, I don't get to draft anyone. I I haven't had had any conversations um, about what uh, prospect I love most because I'm going to take him. Uh, so basically what I do is I just walk around, talk to um, about what they see, about what they feel um, about the combine and, and, and some of the guys who who they think can earn some money this week. Okay. Sure. Um, along those lines, let's, let's play pretend that you are GM and you do have the opportunity to go about finding the Steelers next quarterback. You know, what are Gosh, the, that's like the biggest question. The biggest one. I had to right? throw it right out there. Why, you just go but start, you going to start with that? I, I don't need no names. No softballs or anything? <laughs> I don't need names or anything. I want traits. You know, what yep. you want a runner? What, what's most important to you? Well, I think, I think the, the, the first thing is utility. Okay. Right? You, you want a quarterback who can, who can function in, in different ways under different types of adversity. Okay. Right. You know, a guy like Malik Willis who has elite traits. I'm really right? I mean, just, excited about him. Yeah, yeah, like just an extremely strong arm. Um, 
obviously one of the best runners in college football. I think when he gets in the league, he becomes one of those uh, quarterbacks who's in the conversation with Kyler and Lamar sure. for what he can do um, with his legs. But there's also a lot of work that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. You know, is Matt Canada the guy to implement him into an offense and allow him to grow, allow him to progress, allow him to get to a point where some of that potential um, is reached? I think outside of him, maybe you can look at a guy like like a Matt Carell. Mm -hmm. But the problem is this. Yes, Ben Roethlisberger, when drafted, wasn't necessarily a guy who you felt could be the day one starter. That's Yeah, people forget that. Right? Yeah, right, right. right. But, but when he became the starter, because you surrounded him with the right pieces, because you had the right coaches around him, he was able to progress into a guy who's going to be a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. Do you think that guy's in this draft? Is it Kenny Pickett, a guy that now we know has, you know, smaller hands than a little person? Yeah, right, right. right. And also fumbled 20 times in college. When you look at the film, how much of that are you going to attribute to having small hands or having, you know, less measurables? And so I think that this draft free agency class has made it extremely hard on the Pittsburgh Steelers to find a successor to a guy that's been there for over a decade and a half. But versatility would be one of the traits you're looking for, no matter what who the names Cause, are. Because you got to look at the game. The yeah. game is different, right? The, 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 the statue-esque quarterback yeah. is going out of style yeah, they're dying and you know and so when a guy like tom brady wins it everybody goes oh my gosh yes you can still be a, a pocket <laughs> passer a guy that stands up in the pocket and makes plays if no, you last 20 years and no, you get that experience no you gotta be tom brady <laughs> right you gotta be able to dissect defenses the way that he does you gotta be able to understand your offense the way that he's you have the accuracy that he has but even a guy like aaron Rodgers, who's the two-time um reigning mvp he, he manipulates the pocket, oh, right? Yeah. He gets right. out of the pocket and makes plays with his legs and allow guys second play opportunities. And so I think that versatility is important, but also the, the, the ability to understand, okay, we're getting this type of defense. This is why I attack it is also huge. And so some of these meetings this week, kind of finding out who these guys are intellectually, who these guys are from a character standpoint is huge. Yeah. When you look at the makeup of the Steelers roster, do you lean one way in terms of I want to bring in a veteran quarterback or I want to try and find the next guy? You know, you look at the defense and there needs to be reinforcements there. Yeah. But you've got some dudes. You got the defensive player well, you of the year. Watt, you got Megan Fitzpatrick. You got yeah. Cam Hayward as well, too. So yeah. there's a lot of, you know, voices saying you can't afford to waste years with this defense with what you have right now. It's time to to get a Mitch Trubisky or get a Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Do you look at it that way or do you think it, that the draft is the best way to approach this? Well. If Trevor Lawrence was in this draft and, <laughs> right. and Justin Fields and, and those guys, I would think that the draft is the most important. But now, looking at your option, I do I do think a Mitchell Trubisky is worth a try, right? We, we can't forget the elite traits that made him the second overall pick in the draft a few years ago. He had an opportunity. And also, too, here's what's crazy about Trubisky and Garoppolo, right? I don't believe that they're world beaters. I don't believe they're the best quarterbacks ever. Mitchell Trubisky won in Chicago. Which is Trubisky was a playoff quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo has been to a Super Bowl, yeah. you know, and so I don't necessarily even know if you look at those guys as bridge guys as much as you look at those guys that when surrounded with the right type of talent, the right type of coaching, can win football games. And so to me, I would explore a Mitchell Trubisky, a Jimmy Garoppolo option before drafting a guy here because you're just not sure what you're getting. Yep. My favorite option of all of them is Jameis Winston. Yeah, I, mean, I think he'd be a really good fit with Coach Tomlin yeah. in this town. I, I think they could get an awful lot out of Winston. I thought he played really well for the Saints before he got injured last year. No, I, I, I do as well. And I think 
I think what people are going to have trouble forgetting is what he was his last year in Tampa Bay. But boy, they but, made him but, throw difficult passes. Right. But, 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 they, but they also have to remember that Tom Brady in that same offense had a three-week span where he threw more interceptions than he's ever done in yeah, that span. Right. Because they, they were trying to push the field, because right. they were to push the ball down the field, and then they made an adjustment to something Tom was more comfortable with, and so Jameis Winston played well to me with the New Orleans Saints. He's he's certainly an upgrade over what you have in the building mm -hmm. right now. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, and something I think you explore because I think the humility that is gained from going through the adversity that he's right, going through right. shows through in his leadership. And I always felt like he was a guy that galvanized a locker room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another name that Steeler Nation is talking about like crazy, particularly this week, Malik Willis, of yeah. course. Hell they, yeah. They, they love the, the tools. They love the traits. size, the yeah. traits. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, which is important. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Toad while you're a rookie. You know, yeah. you know we, we've talked a little bit about Pickett. We've talked about some of these veterans. How do you feel about Malik Willis? Is, is there a chance that he'll be there at 20? <laughs> I think, I think it's a slim chance, right? I think when you look at what he was able to do uh, throwing the ball last night, some of the accuracy that he's shown, uh, he has an extremely strong arm. I think everybody knew, knew, knows that. But also, he doesn't just run the football, right? Right. He tramples people. Right, right, right. right. There, there, there's a physicality to his run game that people aren't going to recognize as much, one, because he's extremely fast, and two, because he's short. Yeah, right. right. So when we Boy, saw Cam Newton, guy, right, though, like right. when we saw Cam Newton and Allen, the physicality jumped off the screen, right, because they're six three plus, but they're also big men. Malik Willis is just a little shorter, but he runs the football in the same way. He can be a goal line threat to run the football, be a short yardage threat to run the football, and he can also push the ball down the field. Seen the off platform throws that everybody's falling in love with, Guy Holmes and Evan Rogers with, and so I think if he's there when the Pittsburgh Steelers have an opportunity to pick in the first round, if they don't take them, they're wrong. I, if they I don't, if they, if they don't take them, they are, um, for lack of a better word, derelict in their responsibilities <laughs> of trying to win a championship. It's funny you brought up Josh Allen because no one sees it this way, but the guy I've been you know, comparing Willis to is Allen. Yes. I mean, if they walk in the room, they don't look alike at all, but the way they play and the physicality and the gifts are very similar. Right, and you know, and I think that's what's wrong with comps, right? Yeah, right. Like, right. like people, people think they need to make comps, and everything needs to fit, right? Right. And so they're gonna go, they're, they 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 look alike, they're the same height, all this. Yeah. No, Malik Willis is that type of player, but actually faster, but faster, right? Right. He's not so, as tall, right, right, you know, right, right, right. So what? Right. And you know, and so some of the some of the things that Josh Allen had coming out, maybe some of the inaccuracies, maybe some of the the skill level of the of the opponents or competition Very are some wrong. of the same questions you're going to have about Malik exactly. Willis, exactly. but we've seen the traits that can make him elite. Ryan Clark with us here on Steeler Nation Radio. So not only are you replacing your quarterback of two decades who's who's going to be exiting the Canton in a few years here, uh, you're also replacing your general manager of the last two That's decades huge. who That's could be huge. a gold jacket guy as well too. I think he Kevin deserves Colbert. to be. I think Kevin yeah. deserves to be. Yeah, let, let's talk about him for a second before maybe some potential replacements. You you do think he's a gold jacket guy? I, 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 th I think – the, the way that he was able to build teams in Pittsburgh, the, the, the championships um, he allowed the organization to win, I believe that's definitely something that should put him in. Even some of the things that he was able to do in Detroit. Sure. Uh, Kevin Colbert also, too, is a football guy. And, and, and I say that because it's different. Like, Kevin Colbert wasn't about business. Kevin Colbert was about football. <laughs> Kevin Colbert was about building teams that can win championships. He was about being at practice, seeing what's going on, and understanding what he had to do to be better at his job. And I have utmost respect for him, and my hopes are that he gets that jacket one day. My favorite thing about Kevin, just in case you, you're not aware of this, is 
his average pick that the Steelers earned in the first round is 24th overall. You know why? So, 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 so this, this says Only two things. Later it says two things. Stretch. Yeah, right. I draft really well and my teams are good. Yeah. And I can find value at those draft right. picks. And that's Picking what the top being, five is not right, very hard. Right. And that's know, what right. being a GM is. About. Yeah. There's a lot of debate amongst Steeler fans, Steelers media, the whole internal hire and promotion versus going outside of the organization yeah. for some new voices. Do you have a strong, you know, there's, there's, Quality candidates in house: Brandon Hunt, Brandon Omar, Hunt Khan, Omar Khan, yeah. uh, Lewis Riddick, a guy who you know very well yep, from we the outside. We talked about it yesterday. Do, do you is is there is there a real differential there staying in house and going outside, or is it no, just I, about finding yeah, the best? It's candidate? about it's about finding the best candidate. I mean, Mike Tomlin before the interviews wasn't the best candidate. Mike Tomlin wasn't the guy you expected to get the job, but he's right, been right. there for a decade. Was, everyone thought it was going to be Russ Grimm. Right, yeah, he's been there for a decade, and and so I think the right person, and I feel like that's the way the Pittsburgh Steelers approach. Um, any interview or any process of hiring, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a uh, have a certain way of doing things, right? Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers' relationship with football is different. It's about family, right? It's about keeping things close. It's about physicality. And so I think what they'll do is look for somebody who matches those traits in the way that he approaches his job, but also in the things that he finds important or as priorities in building a team. Another broad statement for you, but you are an excellent safety great for the game if any of these teams ask you hey ryan i want you to scout all of our safety zone yeah what traits are most important for you there I intelligence mean, yeah I, was, I thought you might say that intelligence yeah. you know Absolutely. what's crazy is uh, uh one of my best friends is his name is joe witt uh he's the highest paid db coach in the nfl now he coaches for dallas I talk about it all the time intelligence is a skill right and it's an underrated trait mm -hmm. And so when you can add that intelligence within with the intangibles, I'm not sorry, with the intangibles, not, with the measurables of speed, right? Mm -hmm. With the measurables of quickness, then you get Mika Fitzpatrick. Sure, right? sure. And you can add, then you get Tyron Matthew. Mm -hmm. You get some of these guys who can think the game, but also have the athleticism. And, and so obviously I'm not going to be like, oh, I want to take a bum who's smart. Well, sure. You have, <laughs> right. to have a baseline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm, gonna, right. like, I'm, I'm never going to be like, oh, I do red 5'7", but is he like, what's his ACT score? You know what I'm saying? That, that, that's not what it is. But when you can find a guy who has some of the measurables that you need in order to compete with the elite athletes in the NFL, but who's also intelligent, I think that takes that guy to the next level. Mm -hmm. The Steelers, uh, maybe a, a similar version of, of what you and Troy had with Minka and with Edmonds now. They've got a decision to make with Terrell Edmonds yeah. after not picking up his option. You trying to re-sign him as long as the price isn't too high? That, that, that That's the key. Can I re-sign him for the price? Minka Fitzpatrick is a guy that can demand any price. Yes. Minka Fitzpatrick right. is a game changer. Minka Fitzpatrick gets the football to your offense in uh, advantageous situations mm -hmm. and also takes points off of the board. Edmonds doesn't do that, right? Edmonds is a good football player. And so I, I do think, you know, I don't, I don't want to compare Minka to Troy in the sense of they're the same player. But I think as the team goes, he has that type of impact. Yes. And so he's a guy you look at that way where I do feel like Edmonds is a guy you go, I can replace him. Mm -hmm. and, and, and not in a disrespectful way. But the price but, has to be right. And, price, you know, right, so right, right. if you can resign him for the for, for the right price, you want to keep the continuity. But I don't believe you break the bank or, or, or exceed what you think he's worth. Who are the others in Minka's class? Safeties around the league right now. Erwin James, um, Byard, Justin, Simmons. Um, Justin Simmons. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Byard. Yeah. Um, I believe that Jalen Thompson and uh, Buda Baker in Arizona yeah, yeah. are the best duo of tackling safeties okay. in the entire in the entire NFL. Excuse you were just, you were just sitting at the Bills booth. They have a pretty good pair too. Oh, great pair! Jordan <laughs> yeah. Poyer, Michael yeah, Hyde. Right. I, believe, I believe they're excellent as well. 
Um, I think Mika's Mika's ability to uh, his versatility, uh, mm -hmm. the way that he was used differently in rolling down and robber, right, kind right. of being lower in the box than what we've seen him, um, showed a lot about him. There. People, but he people have a misconception that he's just deep middle in the center field. No, it, it's just it. yeah, to me. I'll be honest. I, I I said this to a lot of people. He didn't have as many ball disruptions this year as we've seen in, mm -hmm. in, in, in past years, but this year was the most he ever impressed me. The way he, that he did so much. The yeah. way that he tackled in the open field. He saved because, a lot of right, right, plays. Because, yeah. because this run team wasn't so as bad. great yeah. wasn't as great against the run as they've been in years. Uh, the plays that he was able to make uh, when he was rolling down into the box. I thought Mika showed this year that his versatility, um, his skill set uh, was up there with any safety in the league. Ryan Clark with us here on SNR. A few more questions for the former Super Bowl champion. Stick secondary. They've got some decisions to make a corner as well, too. Witherspoon, Hayden, you trying to keep both, one or the other. How do you feel about those decisions? Well, I, I, I think you keep Witherspoon, right, because of, of what he what he's shown and, and some of the things you can't coach, you know, uh, the length, the, the ball skills. So I think you do sign Joe if you can get him for the right price, which I think will be available, right? Yeah, Obviously, yeah. people don't, don't get corners that go into year 12, 13, and 14. Like, people aren't, like, chasing – those guys joe realizes that and wants to do something more short term you keep him because he's still playing at a high level um but also i think you have to look for that position in the draft you know that was supposed to be mike t's strength yeah the yeah. ability to get good corners good secondary play that didn't have to be first round picks i think more than ever that's going to be having a huge thing coming into this season uh last one i have for you steelers have lost roethlisberger to castro pouncey Alan, you know, big Al Villanueva. Do you worry about the leadership of the offense all of a sudden? No. Okay. Right. Right. And, 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 and here's why. Leadership materializes organically. Right. Um, look at me, a guy that was a free agent, uh, undrafted, um, gets picked up. It's kind of like a no, uh, like a a, a, a non-big signing. Ends up ends up being a team captain. Yeah, right. Brett right, right, right. Kiesel drafted in the sixth round for one. Ends up being a captain. And so I think it materializes as it has to. Um, a guy like Najee Harris, who I got to meet this offseason, who I think is absolutely amazing, he has tons of leadership quality. The thing about this team is they have to learn that the flash, the the, the, the social media of it all, uh, the attention is not what's ever been important to Pittsburgh. It's been about winning. Mm -hmm. And this team has to focus on that. Ryan Clark, before we let you go real quick, I know you're a big UFC guy as well, too. Tomorrow night, who you got? Covington so, or Masvidal? So, so, who so, wins so, tomorrow So I'm going night? with Kobe because I think he's the more well-rounded fighter. Like, Kobe's a guy that's going to continue to pressure um, Jorge Masvidal the entire fight. He's going to try to take him down. Here's the thing that um, Masvidal has. has one-punch knockout power. Yep. Right? He has an explosiveness that is different and which has elevated him through the last few years in his UFC career. He has to catch Kobe if he catches him early, which I think he's anticipating, right? Because this is a guy that says, no, nah, I'm trying to end his career. They both feel the same way. He has to start out explosively, can't be on his heels, has to attack. Because in attacking, you keep the takedowns away, and you can land that one punch that changes the fight. And that's the way I think he has to approach this fight. Um, but Kobe's just such a great fighter. And what's happened is because Kamaru Usman is so dominant at welterweight, We've forgotten how good these both these guys are, and I'm excited to see it this weekend. I feel like we could ask you any question in the world, and you're gonna have to answer. I, I mean, don't know about I don't, I don't know about that. You know what I mean? I like you asked me about hockey, man. I got nothing for you. Yeah, what's the Pittsburgh Penguins? <laughs> nothing for you guys. Ryan Thanks Clark, so former Steelers, Super Bowl champion, kind enough to give us a few minutes of his time. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. You guys have a great day. We'll be back with more from Radio Row at the Indiana Convention Center. 
Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com. Live from Indianapolis, this is continuing coverage of the 22 NFL Combine on Steelers Nation Radio. Our Combine coverage is presented by First National Bank. Let's get started. Member FDIC, Wesley Euler, Matt Williamson with you here on Radio Row on a Friday and our Great line of guests here today continues. One of, our, one of our favorite parts about being here at the Combine is some of the people that we get to talk to. Up next here for us, Mike Tanier of Football Outsiders. What's up, Mike? Thanks for uh, taking the time here. I, I'm glad to be here, and I'm proud to announce I was officially measured and my hands were measured. <laughs> I have nine and a half inches. There you go. <laughs> really? Official now, verified. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, Matt. It was two years ago here. They, we were having similar conversations about Joe Burrow. Burrow and the yeah, hand right, size. right, right. And we everyone was doing the measurements, and you told me, a lot of people do it wrong. Like, they just hold out their hand and measure it. You're mm-hmm. supposed to, like, break the wrist, right, and put it down yeah, on the table. I'm a little rusty from my scouting, but there is a technique to it. It's I not just, some, like, hold it up in the right, air. Right, 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 I saw right, everyone right. doing that on Twitter yesterday, and I was like, wait a second. You guys, you're, you're not doing it you right gotta here. you got to flatten it out, right? Yeah, but you're I, selling I know, yourself short. I know you guys know what you're talking about. <laughs> How big of a deal is that hand size in your mind? When it's a half inch smaller than anyone has ever been considered a remotely draftable guy in the last 20 years that matters and yeah. you, you have to remember i know because pittsburgh you need a quarterback it's kenny pickett of course nominal college of fans right yeah. right you guys recognize it's a smaller football in college it is a smaller it makes a difference and i don't denigrate uh, uh kenny pickett on pittsburgh radio no uh, right right right. I, but like i kind of have been if you, <laughs> yeah. i went to wv so i've got no me. problem right if he was Patrick Mahomes as a prospect and he pulled this, it's like, yeah, okay, okay. You know, Michael Vick had smaller hands. He, right, right. We, we know what he's capable of. You know, Kenny Pickett's whole thing is he's supposed to be the safe choice at the NFL level, and he's going to be th- that guy who can come out and maybe does a high, high ceiling. Now you're worried about this other element of things. Well, is he going to fumble a lot? Is mm-hmm. he going to have trouble with the cold weather? You know, they didn't have All in college and, and things yeah. like that. And it's one more thing, that another data point to be, to be worried about for a guy that you weren't, a lot of us weren't like blown away by as a top prospect. Yeah. Ah, your hands are kind of yeah. small, so I'm gonna take anyway. But you know, and right. his weren't, you know, yeah, right? Of course. Right, right. So, I, I, you probably don't know this, but Dale Lawley and I do it on SNR every day. We quote Football Outsiders oh. constantly, DVOA like crazy. I think I got every almanac that's ever been oh, awesome. ever been published in the More history of Football Outsiders. <laughs> but you guys now are moving toward the draft, right? I mean, you're expanding yes. a little bit. Tell us what's going on there, man. Yes, we're really we're really beating up the draft coverage, uh, you know, trying to be more year-round. And I'm, I'm spearheading that along with Derek Klassen, who also has Bleacher Report and some mm-hmm. other sites, a QB class on Twitter. Yeah. Um, he he and, does and good work. Yeah, he yeah. does phenomenal work. He does the deep-dive film stuff. And I'm around here interviewing uh, you know, prospects about their dogs and whether or not they've ever eaten <laughs> haggis and things like that. Uh, but, you know, a lot of what we're doing is, is, is traditional stuff. We're doing more mock draft. We mm-hmm. have a thing called the FO40 right now, which is your top 40 prospects. We also do top 40 skill position prospects, if you're like, well, uh, okay. yeah, I want to look at the quarterbacks and receivers. It's a little and, more fantasy-oriented. A little more 
fantasy oriented yeah. on that side. We are going to do a little more gambling oriented when the props come in and things yep. like that. Yep. But you're also going to see Football Outsiders has also done things like Cubase, which is taking college stats and metrics, trying to project the college to the pros, playmaker score for wide receivers, yeah. backcast for running backs. And once we get these 40 results, we can do that because you, you, you need three cones and need something yeah, from right, these right. guys. So you're going to get all of that good stuff, plus some more conventional stuff as well. You've done some of that for years, though. I mean, there was yes. like... I think it's sack seeker. I'm mean, yes. the the running back scores, the combined forties right. and and white weight and all those things. And history's taught you a lot that way, right? and, and it does. And, and what you normally find is a lot of it. The, the data can only do so much because mm-hmm. you got three cones, and sometimes for a college player, uh, you got ten sacks and some pressures. You can find busts. Like sometimes we we identify those busts really well, and you can find the sleepers very well. And that's what this is about. So right, making right. sure you don't bust and hitting a sleeper. You know, uh, hey. Uh, Thibodeau's going to be real good. That'll be fine. But Miles Garrett, you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, right, we have right. discovered Miles Garrett. Right, right. right. Like Tremendous. our metric says he's good. But, <laughs> right. but but the most common thing is like we find a, and it's like a red flag on the guy, and very often the red flag turns out to be true. They I know your hit rates, right? etc. Some trait that's missing that's going to doom them in the NFL. Okay. No, yeah, I think that's very well said. That's that's interesting. That's something that we kind of talk about a lot. The just use of certain metrics and analytics in football. Is is that something from your standpoint that's becoming easier to do, more widely accepted yes. with all the resources and tools that are available and, now? And before you start, I just want to throw this out there too because Mike and I were talking before we went on the air. I guess a bunch of you analytics folks, yes. geeks, nerds, whatever, <laughs> all got together, and it's not just a handful of people anymore. It, I it, mean, the, the growth of that area is remarkable. It is not. There was a little a soiree, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. It was Aaron Schatz, who was the godfather, godfather of Aaron yeah, there, and he was being treated like the godfather. Some people actually literally kissed his ring. <laughs> Not really, but that he was uh, right, but, right. but he was being feted to a degree. And it was stunning because I was expecting to see, uh, uh, you know, a dozen Poindexters there. Uh, and it was like 150 Poindexters, no, no offense. It was <laughs> right, 150 right. diverse people from different backgrounds and all different teams. And these are empowered individuals in the uh, in, in the front offices and even in the coaching staff. So these were people from actual these teams. Are, yes, They're not is, the media people not, not media and fans. So these are guys with the team jersey, with a team title. I'm not going to say them. No, no, no. Right, absolutely. Uh, and there were some vendors there trying to sell them their, their stuff as well. But like, okay. and they're and then four and five at a time. So it's a department. It's not like one person in the corner who whispers into the cap guys here, <laughs> which you might have had a couple of years. There's four or five people, and they're looking on all kinds of things. They look at the cap. They look at long range. They look at draft data and bringing it in and saying, what can we apply to our draft scouting process? And fourth and one people. Of course. Yeah, game management people. The fourth and one right, people right, right, are right. there as well, and they're talking about big, like over my head topics because, you know, I'm just kind of there as like, the, as like the crazy uncle. Okay. Uh, you know? <laughs> Real quick, I'm not sure if you even know this answer, but the AFC North, where would you rank those teams in terms of their stress of analytics or the use of analytics? I mean, I think the Browns and Ravens are near the top of the list. Yes. 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 Yeah. Well, the okay. Browns are very open about it. Yeah. Right, right. Deep Podesta, you know, two different regimes that came in there. Ravens have been using them for decades. They put some of the things, they, the Ravens Didn't were the, they put an ad out on Twitter like two years yes. ago. Like we're going to hire people off. And they off hired the off Twitter. Yeah. Right. They hired right, right. people off Twitter. And there might've been a little churn after that, but I think I saw some of the people that they hired off Twitter there, but even before that, they were one of the teams that was like, Hey, you know what? Free agency. We're going to let the guy go in exchange for the third round supplemental third round. Another comp picks are gold. And the comp picks were gold, and they figured this out. Yeah, we got rid of the 31-year-old, and we got in a guy, and we trained him up for two years, and they were doing that. And it was very quiet behind the scenes, but that's what they were doing. I don't know from a Steelers standpoint how much. I, I know they have a department. There. Of course. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know how much. And, you know, 
Bengals are like six people. So I mean, I I mean the Bengals Super Bowl, can't have much. Yeah, the this. Super Bowl team, but I think they only have three scouts. So how many analytics people do they have? Come on, they don't have an indoor facility. Either, right, right, right. right. <laughs> You're in the rain, yeah. It toughens them up. I guess since we brought up Bengals, I got to. Are they here to stay? Do you trust them? You know, like we had a Bengals beat reporter on yesterday, the day before, and everyone's so afraid of the Bengals now. They have all this cap room and they have their quarterback, and those things are true. Yeah. But there's an art to winning. You know, the Ravens and Steelers have been doing this a long time. <laughs> I, I would trust them less if it wasn't so obvious the one job they have in the offseason and they have lines. the money to do it. Right. Like, you have one job offensive <laughs> lineman that is it like there's it, like no thought has to go in fantasy guy could come in and say go get trent williams or you know right, right, right. whoever you name and it'll be better right and it will be better now that there was a fluky element to them i think their schedule is ranked at football outsiders 29th last year so they mm-hmm. had a 29th ranked schedule they caught a lot of teams for injury times and things like that they were remarkably healthy yeah too. get yeah. in the playoffs they face the raiders first round etc they get hot at the end obviously they were they're a team mm-hmm the one you got to worry about is uh, is Aaron Shaw's ran the numbers preliminarily. We don't know what the rosters look like, but the best estimate right now is the Ravens have the e- easiest schedule. I saw year. that. The, the way too early DVOA is a new yes. thing you guys have going out too. And, I was excited to see it. Yeah, right, and then you look at well, they're playing the uh, the NFC. Everybody is playing the NFC South. So you get you know what's left of the Buccaneers and what's left of the uh, of Saints. And right, right. The, the poor poor Falcons. My gosh, <laughs> I think the Falcons might pick first overall next year. I mean, they might get, 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 oh, I you think mean, they're the worst team in football next year. It's hard to say because they've got these veterans that are kind of okay, right. that they have to keep because they're all making eight hundred trillion dollars. <laughs> right. So like, yeah, so they're, a... so they're like they're built to get like seven wins and not get to the top of the draft. <laughs> not be bad enough, you know? Yeah. It's like no, go be the Jets for a year, and, you know. <laughs> but getting back, yeah, the Ravens, so they're going to have like a softer schedule. They're getting guys back, and mm-hmm. that's a, that's that's the team you have to look out for. Like, watch the six situation. I hear you. Going back to the Steelers here quarterback situation obviously you know big conversation and there's feels like kind of two camps amongst this the one that say you got to bring in somebody who can win right now because you look at the defense you got cam hayward you got tj watt you got minka fitzpatrick you can't afford to waste years with those guys some other people they saw the 18 ben roethlisberger and how the steelers traditionally build through the draft and they want to be patient in that regard do you look at at a, at a right answer in that for the Steelers, or does it just depend what you're able to accomplish in free agency? How the the dominoes fall in the 19 picks before you in the draft? And, and Mike, this organization is never going to do the no. win two games team. No, yeah, they're, they're never going to do, do that. Do that. Nor right. are they going to put 770 million dollars in all of their draft picks and go rushing it for a guy. Exactly. And that's the thing: the win now guy isn't coming through the door. He's not out there. You're not going after the Trinity of Rodgers, Wilson, Watson. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the, uh, the did everything short of toss Carson Wentz out the back of a truck and drive 90 miles away. Yeah. You don't want any action. That, you don't want the Garoppolo action. I say the Garoppolo action doesn't excite me. And then or we cousins look. Or, yeah, know, yeah. And then you look at the draft. So they're not there. And this is an organ. Now, of course, the GM is changing. So we don't know that the philosophy might change slightly. Uh, Most bet not so much. <laughs> Nothing changes here too quickly. I mean, I've seen three coaches in my lifetime. Yeah, yeah. They're not. They're not going to bring in some radical and like right. You're right. right. Blow the whole thing up. This is a team that could say, yeah, we're just going to take our time this year and we'll give Rudolph a chance and Hans a chance. We'll draft somebody in third and we'll just wait it out. And any team that say, we're going to wait it out of here, not tank. Yeah. <laughs> but like, we're going to make sure TJ Watts contract is taken care of. So it's the Steelers. They, mm-hmm. they, they built for that. They know the fans will rant and rave and be there next year. Right. <laughs> guaranteed. You and know, I'm going to win nine games. Sometime. And Tom, yeah, yeah, right, and right, exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, I forget the other question. Oh, <sighs> the Super Bowl champs. Bengals are the runner up. I think the Bills were the best team in the league. Is, is who do you think 
is, is the class of the NFL right now. If I'm looking at the roster up and down and yeah. saying strengths and weaknesses, it's the Bills. Okay. It's the Chiefs if it's like the sure. go, go, go factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you they look. They some sloppiness this year. They're though. so sloppy. Yeah, and they were sloppy even at their best. You're right, right. But they're another team that's like, okay, get get an edge rusher, a better edge rusher, whatever, and just go out there and, and like run the ball once in a while. Mm-hmm. Like Wouldn't in, hurt. At, at fourth and one, don't run. Triple option reverse, double deluxe, 1953 <laughs> Cotton Bowl Veer play. Right. Just hand off. <laughs> or have Kelsey as running back. Or either, <laughs> right, right. Either, right. Or right, your right. quarterback, Blake Bell and Kelsey are in the back. <laughs> right, right. Why you have Patrick Mahomes come the hell on. If you look at Vegas, I think, I haven't checked recently, but it is like who's going to win the Super Bowl next year, and it's Bills and Chiefs. Okay. So they're telling you that. It's telling you, we, we can see the Rams are strong, but like they're one injury away from, whoop, that's it. One of the big five guys mm-hmm. is gone. We're gone. Bengals are in the second tier down there. The the Packers, we know what the Packers are going to do. They're going to win 13 games. and then Rodgers isn't going anywhere. Adams isn't going anywhere. Yeah, oh, Adams is not going anywhere. Right. And Rodgers, you know, he hates this drama so much. Oh, he yeah. hates <laughs> he doesn't attention. like people talking he about it. He, he's going it. to go on the McAfee show tomorrow to talk about his uh, how much he hates all the attention. <laughs> um, like, wake me when it's over. One more for you before we let you go. Because um, Matt mentioned the Rams there. There's a lot of, you know, copycat league. Yeah. Every league is a copycat league, but uh, I think uh, especially the NFL. Mm-hmm. When you see how the Rams have done it without a first-round pick for years, yeah. going for it, trading draft capital, signing free agents, a non-traditional way maybe yeah. compared to a lot of organizations. Do you see that influence any other teams, or are they maybe it's just still a one-off? It, to, to a degree. Remember, the Buccaneers kind of did it, too. Yeah, the Tom Brady and Gronk and everything. So you can build – you have to have the infrastructure in place. So like, people look at it it's like, well, you know, we have some team that went four wins. Let's trade all of our draft picks and try to get guys in. The guys won't come in because they'll veto the trade and mm-hmm. everything. But there are te- if you're a team this close uh, and you see how maybe the one quarterback can do it, I think that there have been phone calls uh, for Russell Wilson for a team that might have made the playoffs and had three first round picks, for example. But if the phone call doesn't work, you don't, you don't, you don't sacrifice everything for it. So I think it could happen, but it's not going to be a new paradigm because the circumstances have to be just right. And, and I know you guys are football outsiders are all over this, but when everyone talks about the Rams team building, it drives me crazy that no one mentions, well, they don't care about the draft at all. They trade all their picks. They make like eight to twelve picks yes. every draft yep. because they're comp pick masters like the Ravens. They're comp pick masters. They let yep. Josh go to the Browns and they'll get a third in return, and that's going to be their next guard. And then they'll let him go in four years and they'll get a third in return for him. There's more to the process, yeah. and I'm just going to buy shiny things. And I think Jordan at the Athletic wrote about it. And it's like when they're on the fourth, fifth round, it's like we need a guy with this one. Tra- like we're not trying one to thing. blow the world. He can do this one thing while we're going to fit him in there because that's all we're looking at. And right Aaron now. Donald's going to get triple team. So, He's gonna triple team, <laughs> right. so you be the gap shooting guy comes behind him, and that's all you that's need all to be able to do. do. Right. And it's like, and it's so integrated approach. Yeah, right. It, it's more than just I, mean, I like that shiny Von Miller thing. Yes. There's more to it than that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Kinnear of Football Outsiders, kind enough to join us, give us some of his time here on Radio Row. Thank you, Mike. This is uh, great. It was a pleasure. Take care, guys, and enjoy the rest of your time here. Oh, <laughs> uh, we will. Absolutely. We are going to be here until 4 o'clock. Plenty more to come from the Indiana Convention Center. Our combine coverage continues on SNL. Live from Indianapolis, this is continuing coverage of the 2022 NFL Combine on Steelers Nation Radio. Our fourth day here on Radio Row on SNR continues. A reminder, our coverage brought to you by First National Bank. Let's get started. 
FDIC, Wesley Euler, Matt Williamson with you here. And our just streak of outstanding guests continues up <laughs> here with us now. Tony Pauline, Pro Football Network. Tony, big night last night, quarterback out at Lucas Oil Stadium in prime time. Biggest takeaway that you had from, from last night's proceedings? Guys around much faster uh, than expected. Christian Watson. I mean, I, I knew I had written at Pro Football Network earlier in the week that I expected Tyquan Thornton to run in the two, uh, twos, which he did. I was glad to see Chris Olave run as fast as he did. Sh- Shakir of uh, Boise State ran much faster than I would have expected. And I, I think we got a lot what we expected from the quarterback. They were up and down. You know, there was no dominant performance. Malik Willis had some phenomenal throws, and then he had some throws where you say, yeah, this guy needs work. And same thing with Kenny Pickett. I think CM Howell was consistent, but he's got some limitations. Obviously, we didn't see Matt Corral. A lot of people talk about Desmond Ritter, you know, the numbers he put up. And I, I don't know if the people saw that thing or not. We knew he was a good athlete, maybe not a tremendous athlete. Where are you at on him? I mean, is he – where is he in your pecking order? What are your concerns? What are your strengths, weaknesses, all the above? He's probably right now number five or number six. I mean, after – you know, after, obviously, Malik Willis, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett, and then he's there. His strengths are the fact he's a winner. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I mean, he, he constantly produces. His strengths are his physical abilities, the arm strength, the, you know, the, the athleticism that we saw yesterday on display. Uh, he doesn't make mistakes. He sees things. His accuracy is a major concern for me. And I'm not talking about statistical accuracy. I'm saying if you break down the film, you constantly see whether it be Alec Pierce, uh, the, uh, the receiver, whether you see the tight ends, the other kid that was there, adjusting backward to grab throws, okay. moving their feet, which leads to a loss of opportunity running after catch. You often see them throw wide open receivers, and that's something that you know, can be tough. I know he takes a little bit of a too long of a step into his throws, which is why the passes go wayward. Right, right, right. I mean, we've seen, you know, we've seen people with poor technique like Phillip Rivers have great careers, and we've seen people with technique like E.J. Manuel have basically Walk no right career. Out, right, yeah. So uh, that's my concern with Ritter. Does his body type, his, his small – He's lean. You know, does that worry you with him and Corral? Uh, more so Corral. Because he's than, so. Than Ritter. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, Kyler Murray is the first pick of the draft. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield was the pick of the draft. I think Kyler Murray got a little a more body player. armor on yeah, than those guys. I, I, but. I mean, it does with Corral, especially because, yeah, I don't know he's a true RPO quarterback, but when you watch Corral play, he was a tough guy running the ball. I mean, oh, he right, ran the right, ball right. between the tackles, and he would take a hit, which is scares me. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that could right, right. the next level. It's like watching Josh Allen. I mean, anytime mm-hmm. Josh Allen does that, I kind of cringe and pray for the best. And he's 250. He's a big, big guy. <laughs> yeah. Big guy. Tony, obviously quarterback has been conversation one, two, and three in sure. Pittsburgh. You know, you, you lose your future Hall of Famer really – for the first time in 18 years now, asking who's going to be QB1. Sure. A name that keeps getting thrown out by fans, by media, Mitch Trubisky. I heard it again this morning. You think viable really? option for the Steelers? I you know, I reported it first last week. I mm-hmm. said it was Mitch Trubisky. I said it was Teddy Brewer. And I said Jameis uh, Winston. And I heard again this, this morning from a source that has nothing to do with the situation, has nothing to do with the Steelers, has nothing to do with Mitch Trubisky. They seem to be targeting uh, – Trubisky himself, and Trubisky is the talk of the town here as far as the free agent quarterbacks are concerned. He's going to get a lot of money. So I, I continue to hear Trubisky and free agency, draft the quarterback early if they possibly can, and move forward, which I think is a phenomenal strategy, mm-hmm. okay? Because if you sign Trubisky, you're going to have to sign him. You're probably going to have to pay more for him now than what you thought coming into the combine. And 
keep him around for a couple of years. If you can get a guy like Malik Willis or even a Matt Corral, and you can basically sit him for a year, uh, Patrick Mahomes, I love what we saw out. In, I, think it's a, I think it's a terrific strategy. What I like about that, too, is you don't go in the draft saying, I have to get guy. If, if he falls to you and it works out, great. Or if yeah. you have to give a little to move up, great. And But if it doesn't happen and you don't draft a quarterback this year, so be it. It's not yeah. the end of the world. Yeah, and you know, he works out with Trubisky. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Trubisky was put in a bad spot. I think he was overrated from the beginning. He was ridiculously overdrafted. Yeah, yeah, he was. It was a bad situation. You could probably make the argument he probably should have stayed in school one year because he only had he that one start right, right. season at North Carolina. So, I, I mean, maybe the second time around after sitting behind Josh Allen, it works out for him. Yeah. Uh, and if they don't go quarterback in round 20 area – a lot of people are thinking O-line, and I definitely want to get your thought on some O-linemen. But the guy that we haven't brought up yet since we've been here at the Combine is George's Davis. He's going to be working out here coming up. He is a rare prospect. I mean, but in today's NFL, are you taking him at 20? I mean, what, what do you think? If he's there, I'm jumping all over him at 20. I, I, I mean, that guy, way. It's, it's, listen, I think too many times people come in with these notions and they pigeonhole these guys. Well, he's a two-down player. He's not a pass rusher. He's a load of crap with mm-hmm. Jordan Davis. I mean, watch Jordan Davis. He's a fantastic athlete. I mean, he's a guy that he's not just an in the box guy. He's mm-hmm. a guy that can change direction, pursue outside the box, and make plays in space. Yeah, you know those outside runs he chases down SEC running backs. Exactly. That's crazy. Yeah, you, right, know, right. He may, he, you know it's not just he's he's not just a gap occupier. Mm-hmm. He's a playmaker. They say, well, the conditioning, okay, we'd like to see him shed a few pounds. But the fact is, this they had so much depth on that Georgia defensive line. I mean, why not rotate the guys in and out? And when he was there, he was double double team. And he was clogging up the middle line if he was not making plays on the ball handler or the quarterback. I think, as far as I'm concerned, he's a top 10 talent okay. in this draft. I don't know that he goes top 10, but he's got type, that type of ability in a class that's very weak at defensive tackle. Correct me if I'm wrong with him in the Georgia situation, but we know that Wyatt's going to be a really good right. But when I noticed Georgia, offenses definitely played them different when Davis was on the field. And not only is the rest of their front seven loaded with guys that are going to be drafted left and right, but I heard they have a de- defensive tackle who might be a top 10 pick next year, too. You know? so, a couple of guys. Number, it, I think you're talking about number 88. I don't know the names, uh, to be honest. But, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it's they're turning into almost Alabama light. I mm-hmm. think that Georgia fans would get offended when I say that since they won the national <laughs> they, championship yeah, right, this right. year. Alabama's pretty established. But they've got, you know, they've got a dominant defense, a ton of guys in the draft this year. They just got to... Uh, get a good quarterback or see what happens with the kid from USC who's never panned out the transfer. And the point is, he only plays 20 snaps, but if he was a pit, he'd play 60 snaps. Exactly. Guys everywhere. It's like the U back sure, in the day. Yeah, absolutely. Right, right. Tony, uh, position group, you know, defensive tackle, not not the strongest in, in this year's draft. Right. Feels like edge rusher is the opposite of that. Uh, eight or nine guys with first-round grades on him. Is that fair? I think it's a little bit less than that. I, I think there's a lot of guys at the top, and most of those guys at the top, whether it be Aiden Hutchinson, whether it be uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, or there, there are some red flags about him, David Ajabu, who I absolutely love, hmm. George Karlaftis, George again, Trayvon Walker, who right, right. a lot of people say, well, he's not an edge rusher. Well, he did a lot of different things. Uh, I the think Georgia it, transfer to Florida State, Johnson, too. John, Jermaine yeah, Johnson, right. exactly. A tremendous senior bowl, um, week of, uh, senior bowl practices. So, yeah, I, I mean, listen, before the league went quite and quarterbacks were overdrafted, the objective in the draft was to come out of the draft with an impact defensive player. And there's that potential this year, especially at the top of the draft. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Steelers are going to have any shot at Cross, Ekwanu, or Neal at offensive tackle. 
What about Penning? What about Raymond? What about any of the others? I, I think Raymond's a bit overrated. Really? I think he's a ways away. I like Penning a lot. Raymond's like 24 years old already, too, and, right? And I don't think he's a left tackle. He's a okay. big guy who's got to, you know, really build, develop his. I like Penning. I think Penning's strictly a right tackle. Mm -hmm. I think whether he fits the Raiders or whether he fits the Steelers, he's a good fit. I think he's a guy who can come in right away. Um, he's a big guy who plays with excellent leverage and fundamentals, and that's what you want to see. You know, people talk, wow, he's a big guy. He buries his head in the ground. I look to see, does the guy bend his knees? Does he play with balance? Does he get his hands up? And Penning does all those, those things reasonably well for a guy that's almost 6'7". Any day two tackles that tickle your fancy at all? Uh, I happen to love Rasheed Walker, Penn State. Mm, okay. I think Rasheed Walker is probably one of the best pure left tackles in this really? draft. Okay, It's not working out here at the Combine. He played middle of the season last year with a torn meniscus when he really shouldn't. Had that surgically repaired at the Penn State Pro Day. You watch Rasheed Walker, not just this year. Go back to his freshman tape. He is a f terrific left tackle. Excellent fundamentals. Great footwork off the edge. Excellent lateral blocking range. Uh, a guy that can block in motion. He's got to get a little bit stronger. He's got to learn to finish his blocks, especially the run blocks. But I, I last Tools year, are all there, huh? What's that? Tools are all oh, there. Absolutely. Okay, I don't know and, much and, about and them. Don't, yeah. don't take my word for it. Watch the film on it. I mean, watch the Penn State film on it. I, I mean, the ability to slide laterally. You know, people talk about Charles Cross. Rasheed Walker, the mentals are much better than Charles Cross. Hmm. And Rasheed Walker, unlike Charles Cross, has consistently come out of a three-point stance. You watch Charles Cross, he's right. constantly standing up in a two-point stance. Now he's got to learn something completely different, so, which is a concern for me. Last one I've got for you, a name that's starting to get a lot of buzz in Pittsburgh. He's a local kid, Shadyside Academy, played high school football with Mike Tomlin's son. Sky Moore had yeah. a great night last night as well, too. Any chance he's still there at 52 when the Steelers have their second-round pick? I, I think so because what happened is after last night, a lot of those receivers are going to be pushed up the board. Mm -hmm. Aves going to finally start to get the credit that he deserves after his uh, workout. You know, I like Sky Moore. I don't love him. Uh, I do think there's a I think there's a real possibility he's there late in round uh, two. But you know, with the Steelers, you know, do they restructure Deontay Thompson? I think that's something they they got to look yeah. at in the offseason. Are they going to resign Juju? I mean, there's some receiver right. questions right now. Yeah, but they've been really good day two drafting receivers. Yeah, and, and they, like and they develop lot, too. Right. Yeah, that's that's one position that they do, they do a great job developing. It, it sounds like you agree though that rounds two and three are pretty loaded with receivers as usual. Solid. Okay. I honestly, Last low, year's probably better. I, I think it's loaded at offensive tackle. I think it's loaded at tight end. It's a good uh, tight end draft, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I, I mean, I think it, we've been spoiled with a couple of consecutive drafts that had great depth and great quality at the receiver position. And what happens is that's primarily because you have so many underclassmen who enter the draft. So it dilutes the position in the future mm -hmm. because all players that would have been seniors or juniors this year have are actually are either in the league or in past drafts. Tony Pauline, Pro Football Network, kind enough to give us some of his time here on Radio Row. Always a pleasure. Thank you. And we didn't even get to talk about Led Zeppelin. No Zeppelin time. stuff. Come on. Okay, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> this guy knows music, man. Oh, he does? Yeah. I, Matt calls me the, the world's young Grateful Dead and Led Zeppelin enthusiast. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, oh, let's have a contest, bro. His father's in Pittsburgh Symphony. I mean, there this guy grew go. up around music. There you go. Led Zeppelin <laughs> 4, greatest album of all time? No, physical graffiti. Graffiti. Oh, you beat Look me to it, it but too. come on, Look right? Yeah, four is close. But, uh, <laughs> physical graffiti, and, and really, when you think about it, some a lot of songs on physical graffiti were actually recorded for Zeppelin three and Zeppelin four. So you know, it, it's uh, the the Rover was uh, recorded for Zeppelin four. That's one of their most underrated songs of all time. One of hey. our 
10 years ago, I'm number one. 10 years ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. On that album, you talk to any diehard Zeppelin fan, you know, people, oh, stay with him. No, you talk to diehard Zeppelin fans, it's <laughs> yeah. Achilles' Last Stand yep. or 10 Years Gone. I'm an out on a Tiles fan myself. So. Yeah, good one. <laughs> the best guy to talk NFL draft with, to talk Led Zeppelin with, Tony Pauline, Pro Football Network. Thanks, Tony. We Thanks appreciate it. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. One more in the books. Five more hours to go here on Radio Road. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to our ongoing combine coverage on SNR. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards.